All right, what's up, y'all? It's your guy, Aaron Social, and you are tuned in to another episode of So Unapologetic. And not only that, you know, each week I try to have a special guest, someone who's with the shits, but also in the know. And today I have a very special guest this week coming from the great state of Georgia. We have the lady herself, the controversial black girl. Or would you be a, I guess you have to be a black girl before you come a black woman. But anyway, but I'll let you introduce yourself. Then go ahead and brag on yourself, you know, do a shameless plug and, and get all that going. Yes, awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. And yes, you have it right. I am the Controversial Black Girl, and um, I am the founder of the Controversial Black Girl podcast. So you can actually, I'll go ahead and put on all my little plugs. So there's Instagram. So I am the underscore controversial underscore black underscore girl underscore. Damn. (laughs) That's the way of... Instagram do it without all the underscores, but Instagram, his buddy. Yeah, Instagram, yeah, Facebook was fine, but um, Instagram would not let me do it. It made me put all those underscores in it. (laughs) I have to make sure, now when I do the bio, I'm gonna have to make sure underscore, underscore, 17,000 underscores. Yeah. So I was like, hopefully nobody ever tries to search me. I mean, because I mean, if you don't have those underscores, then you can't find me, you find somebody else. So that, like I said, apparently there's somebody else named the controversial black girl too. So very popular name. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a lot of controversial black girls out here. I'm sure, but, I'm sure, but not for the right reasons though. That's the thing, not for the right reasons. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. But so since this is your first time on the show, we have what we call icebreakers. Okay. So, you know, normally you have QTNAs, right? Okay. Questions that need answers or questions that Negroes are asking or niggas, depending on how. <laughs> so, we have our own version of QTKAs because these are questions that Negroes are asking. <laughs> so, so, I'm going to pull three. I'm going to do one at a time. And we're going to read these. We're going to answer these together. Now, I have no idea what this question is. Oh, man. This, this is the second week in a row. We're going straight forward, huh? Okay. Have you ever sent news to the wrong person? Nope. Oh, she ain't controversial in that area, y'all. Yeah, no, no, no controversial there. She says she makes careful, sure. Careful, Very careful. <laughs> Alright, now I have an issue. controversial. <laughs> I'm a guy. One thing, I don't really think we don't really see too many news. Alright. I I'm not one of those people that does that. Anyway, I like I feel like I really I guess I don't really understand the, the point or the purpose. Like anything that you want to look at, you can Google or you can go 
on Pornhub. I mean, like, I just don't really understand. I don't know. How, how would you know? Like, how would you know? Like, you seen a TikTok, but how would you know that it's that person? You, you wouldn't know. That's funny, because we did a, I did a whole episode on being like a uh, sex scam. Yeah, or mm-hmm. being scammed. Or, so my old yeah. co-host, she got, yeah, she got, she got penis winked. <laughs> and yeah. I was trying to figure out how did this man, like, first of all, how many dicks did he go through before he decided that this was going to be the one that he was going to use when he was going to send this out to different women? Like, how many did he go through? Because <laughs> you know, you're never going to Google, you know, you're not going to Google body parts without all the first one. Like, Are you how sure? Many, but, but I don't put anything past anybody. Like, how many hundreds, maybe even thousands of dicks did he go through before he did this? And sir, why are you Googling dicks? Yeah, that goes into a whole nother category, but you know. Yeah, that's why I said, so I I guess I'm just a little bit old school. I mean, that's not something that, I I think that's more, that's more of the, like the newer generation type thing. True, true, true. I can agree with you on that. Yeah. Okay. So this one, the last one is, what is one thing you would change about our society? Um, one thing that I think that I would probably change about our society is I would say probably not being as um, judgmental and not being as forgiving. Mm. Um, for, for me, I'm coming from the angle of obviously from a black woman's angle. And I just feel like we as black people are like really, really forgiving. Um, I, I just saw something the other day and I'm trying to remember what it, what it was. Um, I think it might've been a post on like Facebook, but it was like, Gucci does blackface. And it's like, we forgive, but y'all still rock with Gucci. Then it's like Prada does blackface. Y'all still forgive. You still rock with Prada. So those are the things that I kind of, I just wish I, I feel like I feel like we need to set a standard mm-hmm. because it's like it's like if you don't cross the line or or I guess create the line, then it's kind of like well, where 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 do we draw the line to where it's been too much? That's kind of my thing too. I just feel like we're just as for as as us as black people, we're just a really forgiving people. We forget we for, we forgave you know white people for slavery. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like in the age right now, there's so much knowledge out there that you can get or, you you know, that you can learn for yourself. So I feel like if, if you choose to sit there and to kind of just be quiet or silent, if you're in a position of power or in a position of influence, then I, I just kind of feel like, um, you know, to me, that's kind of disappointing because okay. you could use your, your, your voice in a different in a different aspect and a positive aspect. Do you feel like like black people have been so forgiving because for one like white people pretty much had a head start so you know how you say like Gucci, Prada because you know like black people like, could, You mean like maybe like not wanting like the confrontation portion of it? Um, I think some of that you know I, I definitely think some black people 
they they really relish the beat. They want the smoke, but I think more so because you know how black people, most black people look at black businesses. Right. How black businesses don't always get a fair shake as a white business or these businesses have been around longer. I guess that still kind of kind of goes with like us being too forgiving. Cause you know, the moment a black business say you go to a restaurant and they take a little bit too long bringing your food, then it's all hell now. I ain't never come. That's why I don't come to black restaurants, no, come to black businesses. You go to say Nick and Sam's or a steakhouse and they take just as long, but you know, we'll find some kind of excuse. Sometimes I think it's because we don't have a lot of our own. So I think part of that is because we don't give a lot of our own our opportunity to grow before we're too busy just to kind of chunk them back, you know, trying to throw them away. So I think that kind of goes into us looking for acceptance and also being too forgiving when it comes to the kind of shit we take from you know, other nationalities, like white people, white businesses, and stuff like that. Or, or Asians, I feel like, to me, honestly, I feel like, um, you know, when, when you think about being like a black female and you start thinking about like all the hair we buy and stuff, all the beauty supply stuff we buy, and then you walk into like an Asian store and they're looking at you like you're about to steal something. Mm-hmm. That for me, that kind of, that's something for me that stirs up something for me personally, emotionally, versus, um, I don't know. I just kind of, honestly, and this might sound bad, but I just kind of, I expect a level of, of um, I guess, inferiority from white people. I expect for them to treat us a certain way. I expect mm-hmm. that. You think it's because they actually fear Black people, I think so. I, I think I definitely think it's where racism, and uh, I think that's definitely where that initially came from. Yeah, of course, of course. Instead of you and know, I mean, there are ways if you if you go back even to slavery as to where they you know they repeatedly tried to show their dominance or tried to to show their power, and that's when you get into things um, that are. Um, heavy, like, you know, buck breaking and things like that. There were so many things that to where they were trying to show, hey, this is, I'm dominant, I'm in charge. So I feel like that's more so of, of, of what was trying to happen at, you know, at that at that point. Do you ever think about why, why, you know, I guess why they were just never like a just flat out revolt? You know what I'm saying? Like, did I mean, obviously, some of the slaves they got because of the civil wars between different tribes and the ones who lost got sold into slavery. But I still don't think that necessarily made them weaker than the people that enslaved them. Like I said, I, sometimes I think it's because white people had a head start. You know, That's because, true. Because they trashed where they came from so bad, they had to go out and figure out how to live. Like capitalism is just a nice word to say, I stole your shit. Like I stole stole your shit, I'm gonna put a license on it before you, so now you can't use it. And I feel like that's what they did. They went basically from, you know, pillar to post, just taking certain things and just taking it, just stripping, just stripping everything and then putting it in their tool belt to where when they went to the next place, they were 
they pretty much were more dominant because they had guns, they had all these other things. And what we've seen in these movies, like the Indians, a bow and arrow ain't got shit on, ain't got shit on a rifle. That's true, but I mean, if you want to take that, that I guess. Um, that thought process of what you're saying um, with that, and you want to bring that to something more modern to where um, people can relate. Um, even when it comes to, you know, black women, you know, me being a controversial black girl, I have to speak on behalf of the black women. <laughs> so um, I would say that even for certain features, you you know, you'll accept full lips, thick hips, you know, being curvy, all that. We'll, we'll accept those things when it's on anybody but a black woman. When, once it's anybody other than being a black woman, then it kind of goes over into it, it. Oh, she ratchet, she ghetto, she this, she that, or you know, she's perform whatever it is. But we'll accept these these features on anybody but us when we are the ones that naturally have these things. So, um, I just think I don't know. I just feel like. I feel like either, to me, I just feel like either you woke or you're not. And I feel like the people that choose to not really voice their opinions or speak up on things as to when they should is because um, I understand it. I, I don't judge, I understand it's because, you know, you don't want to be in a situation as to where you, when you're voicing your opinion, it, it affects your job. So, so that goes into start speaking on um, racial trauma and, and microaggressions in the workplace because I'm sure every single black person that you know that works in a, a that's a minority and um, a Caucasian dominated field you feel microaggression and you feel racial trauma in the workplace so I, I think that's something else okay okay all right. I mean, we could do a whole show on that by itself. Okay, racial trauma, microaggression. Yeah. It's hot and so hot. Man, it is hot today. Oh, it's hot out here, man. It is hot today. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. All right, so now we're going to slide into. Well, we pretty much kind of had some hot button right there. We're gonna slide into some of these hot button uh, topics and questions that I that I have. So, number one, is it wrong if a man requires a woman to be financially stable before he commits to her or get into a committed relationship with her? necessarily say that's wrong. I don't feel like it's wrong on either end. Me personally, I feel like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be with somebody that's stable. So whether that's man versus woman or woman versus man, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with somebody that's going to, you know, you feel like somebody's going to contribute to you versus take from you. So mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. Okay. So do you think that women are more, I guess we can use the word forgiving or accepting if a man is not, I'm not even gonna say financially stable because everybody wanna put everything with a dollar now. If a man is not stable, you think that a woman is more, probably more 
willing to get into a committed relationship with a man that's not all the way stable versus a, a man get into a relationship with a woman that's not all the way stable? perspective because that's the only perspective that I know. I know that as black women, I know that we are naturally nurturing. Mm-hmm. So we are naturally, a lot of times we are naturally giving. You want to be nurturing. You want to help that person. It's that kind of mother instinct, which um, not saying that you necessarily want for your significant other to be, you know, your parent. Um, but I think that that's something that is naturally engraved in us to want to be able to nurture and to help and to kind of save but we kind of have to realize in certain situations, it's just not really our, it's not really our position for us to be able to um, to say it's not our goal. It's that it's not what we should be doing to say. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had I had really had no rebuttal. I, I I do feel like if you take that same situation where it's a man that's trying to figure it out, I really think a woman, a black woman, would be more looking at the potential that he has. Like, ah, oh, he might, he needs just a little bit of this, a little of this, and then he'll be fine. Versus yeah. a black man looking at a woman that's, she's trying, and she just needs a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He's probably more apropos to like, walk straight past her to go find the chick that he thinks is all together. And she's not out of 10, probably worse off than the one he can walk past. Yeah. To figure it out. That's true. I don't know why that is. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe men, just men, we don't, I don't know, maybe we don't enjoy a project. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know women, y'all enjoy Y'all enjoy a challenge. Y'all enjoy a project. Y'all, y'all, y'all really be looking for a building, a building nigga. <laughs> Built a building nigga. Yeah, let me go see how he dressing, girl. I did that. He got that. I did that. <laughs> And then you get mad when he leave your ass for a white girl like Kanye said. I mean, he told he, <laughs> he told he told us straight up. Kanye right. did. That's what he said. When people like they, they want to act all crazy. It was like this dude literally said that, and it was like a, it was like a hit that we heard over and over and over and over again. Like, but I guess. All right. Second uh, question: If a woman asked a man out on a date. Is she responsible for paying for this date? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, um, I feel like, I mean, me personally, I feel like if I asked, then you know, I would make sure that you know that I took care of it. But there's nothing wrong that if if that that male wants to be a gentleman and say that um, you know oh let me go ahead and take care of this but I wouldn't necessarily expect it no I wouldn't okay I mean I think it's kind of hard for me to answer that as a man because as a man you are conditioned and is is draining your head that we're supposed to be the ones that are pursuing, like we're supposed to pay for the dates. Now, yeah, with, and all that stuff, yeah. Now, and with that being said, it does get to a point, especially with these newer generations, where they are tired of feeling like they're tricking all the time. So, like this question has had, <laughs> has had mixed answers, like, 
women be like, no, the man's supposed to pay. And then they throw that word, it's supposed to be chivalrous in there. Like, see that? You see, you just mess up your whole point. Like, that has nothing, that literally has nothing to do with chivalry. Yeah, you know, no. I was like, nah, if you said that, I'm no longer listening to you because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But I think, like, for a man, we don't expect y'all to pay. But if y'all do pay, I think that puts another level of. Probably respect, right? Yeah, respecting. Okay, yeah. she actually cares. You know, you get when you dating a woman, you go into it expecting that you're probably gonna waste. You're gonna waste. You're gonna waste some money when you take them out on a date. Yeah. Like this, you you take. You looking at it. There's a 50 50 chance that this turns into absolutely nothing. That I don't spend this certain amount of money, and I'm not gonna get nothing for my my not in my return for my return. And a lot of people start thinking about it. They looking at that as a sexual thing. And for most men, it's not that. Just like how women don't like to waste their time when it comes to spending time with somebody, talking to them, liking them, dating them. Men do too. I think we just are stuck in a position where, oh, that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. And like some women think they're just supposed to be pretty and sit there. But then when you get, when you get treated that way, you get upset. Like, yeah. You know, it's like this whole double standard thing. But I do, I think a woman, like you said, I feel like if a woman offers, I think she should hopefully have in mind that I may actually have to pay for this date. Yeah. You know, and she should probably know the guy that she's dating well enough to know he's probably not going to let me pay for it. But it's nice to offer. It's just a gesture. Yeah. Just Hold on one second. Hold on, let me check on our excuse me. One second. No problem. One second. <laughs> All right, so the last hot topic question. Would you get offended or upset if your partner gives you advice or tips on how to please them in bed because they feel that their sexual needs aren't being met? No. You're not making this fun at all. <laughs> yeah, I was like, consider it a blessing. Like, no, it's really easy. I mean, what would you rather, like, would you rather them go and, and be with somebody else to, you know, who does with it? I mean, like, no, it's just communication. I mean, I, I, there are certain dynamics. I guess it just depends on what the relationship is. If there's a relationship as to where you got strictly sexual, then yes, I guess maybe you would go off and, and, and if this person is not doing what you need them to do, then move on to the next one. But if you're, you know, you're trying to build a relationship, communication goes a long way. So mm. I don't know. It's crazy to me to be offended by that when somebody's essentially just trying to help you. And mm. I, I mean, that ha- it goes both ways to me. So. You know, I, I asked that question to about 12 people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was more so the men that was like, nah, I mean, she basically giving me a map on how to make sure that she. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I said I don't I don't see a problem. I don't see who in their right mind would have an issue with that. But I mean, it was, a bunch of, right it, it was, it was a bunch of your cohorts, these black women, <laughs> that felt like, I was like, how, like, you can't come into this new relationship doing all the same crap you did in the last one. I was like, for well, two everybody's reasons. Everybody's different. That, that makes no sense. Everybody's different. And I would respect the communication. I would respect the fact that somebody respected you enough to sit there and tell you, you know what, this isn't working for me, or I need you to do this, or this works for me. Like you said, that they're giving you a specific roadmap. So what's the problem? 
And I, that's what I said. I was like, for one, everybody's different. For yeah. Two, you, I mean, you just can't just like, you know, everybody's different. Just because that guy like this, it's like this guy might prefer to do all the cooking. Your last relationship, he had you, you did all the cooking. You have to find balance. Every, I think everything is about balance and also communication. Correct. So, we. Hey, family, follow the show on Instagram at So Unapologetic Podcast and follow and like the Facebook page. On Facebook, just type in So Unapologetic Podcast, send some letters, ask for some advice, or give some advice because I can always use some. Send all your letters to the show's email of So Unapologetic Pod at gmail.com. Go slide into our main topic. So we're gonna talk about for love or for money. Which one is more important when it comes to dating, relationships, and marriage? So we're gonna try to encompass the whole entire game. Okay. So Um, what is which one you think is important? Or are they both equally important? I would say I think that for love is very important. Um, for me personally, I would think that love is very important. Um, I think that love and for me, it's the institution of being able to um, have family. Mm-hmm. So that's what's very important to me. And I feel like I feel like eventually you'll find your way into money is what I find. That's what I feel like. I feel like eventually you'll end up finding your way into money. So say if you didn't start, I'd rather have something that that is genuine than actually have the money portion of it because you have the money portion of it and there's no feeling with that. So if you have the money portion of that without any feeling, without any emotion, that can go a lot of different ways. Mm. Um, and, and a lot of them are not, not necessarily positive, but... I I I personally I personally like the, the the thought of love and institution and family and all that. I mean, I that's what we're here for is, is to reproduce and to create the next um, generation. So um, that's that's what I feel like. Okay. Now I would say this: if I was like wealthy or rich, and I didn't have a spouse or a mate. I would be very cautious about dating. Like even even if it was a woman that had just as much money as I had, mm-hmm. just because you, I mean you, just because you know money. I was like this. Deion Sanders probably put this the best way. Money only makes you more what you already are. So if you're a drunk, broke. You go be a drunk rich. If you are, you know, a womanizer or a whoremonger while you broke, you're gonna be that with money. Okay. And in any time, whether you're a man or a woman, if you have a certain status or money, now you have a target on your back. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're black. Because as we know, like, I think, what is it like, less than 1% of black men make six figures. 
So yeah, probably something like that. I know that black women are doing that thing out here. Usually, right now at this point, black women are the ones that are going to school. They're getting their degrees and they're being the breadwinners in their relationships. Right now. And why do you think that is? I don't know. I think that maybe for I think that I think that black men are born dealt with the short end of the stick for one. Um, so I think that there are many more struggles that black men have to face versus any other race. So I would say that you're having to face possibly, you know, growing up, you know, in the streets and having to, you know, prove your manhood and depending upon proving your manhood, that can end up with you being in jail. Or um, when you're going and you're trying to apply apply for a job and, you know, um, you may not be making what, it's not even a may, you know you're not gonna make what, whether you're your your Caucasian counterpart, your Asian counterpart. You're not gonna make the same. You're not even gonna make that. You're not gonna make the same as Carmen. Yeah, if you wanna make the type of money to even get to where they are, then you a lot of times have to start dealing in some illegal shit. So when you sit there, you start doing that. And with illegal shit, we know at some point in your life, you're probably going to have to end up going to jail, doing some jail time. So now you got the jail time that's kind of, you know, that's hanging over your head at this point, which makes it even harder for you to get a legit job. So it's like, it's a trap. All you know is that easy money or that good money from you being in the streets. So then you end up reverting back to that. And then it's kind of like, you know, you do that until I guess, you you know, you're, you're too old to not do it anymore. I never heard of a drug dealer having a, a you know, a retirement plan. But I mean, I could be wrong, but you well, know. I don't have one. Like, you just, like you said, you do it until you get enough, you get too many strikes and you know, all, all your good years, like you said, you spent behind bars or you maybe you got lucky and you got enough money and you kind of walked into like a business, like a legitimate business. Yeah. Um, what's, you know, or you end up six feet deep. I mean, there's, I mean, once you go down that route, there, there's not, a, there's not a, there's not a lot of options. So do you feel like as far as like black women, you guys definitely are leading this charge as far as getting degrees, mm-hmm. being educated, becoming entrepreneurs, and and stuff like that. Do you feel like I'm not gonna say it's necessarily easier because we know I mean black person you're a threat because of just because the melanin in your skin. Yeah. But I definitely feel like a black like a black man who's I'm not gonna say I'm okay, I'm gonna say intelligent who is avoiding the streets, trying to get his education. I think in the eyes of white America probably poses more of a threat than per se a black woman to them. I agree with that. And then um, another thing that when you when we start to talk about the black woman as far as for her being educated, as far as for her being a business owner, we, we have to kind of incorporate the element of um, how we try to, how society tries to push the narrative as, you know, the black woman being so strong that she doesn't need um, a man, period. Mm-hmm. So with that, that's where you start getting into, okay, now we're infiltrating what this, the, you know, the family aspect of what I was referring to earlier. So now at this point, we are, you know, the, the, you, you, have, you, you have the black woman over here who doesn't feel like she needs anyone. She's too good for the guy in the street, right? 
So I don't need this man over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got this man over here that's in the streets or he's in jail. So when you have this, you got the guy in jail, and then you have this woman over here with the, with the, the thought process of, oh, I don't need this man because I'm too good. I've, I've accomplished all these things by myself. Then you, you have, you know, that's once again, that's where there's disconnect and there is no black family at that point. So um, that's kind of one of the things that, that I kind of think about. And even for myself, I would consider myself as being um, in somewhat of a powerful position. And um, I, I try to be very, very mindful. Like, you know, one, for me, the the family unit, once again, is a very big thing for me, especially the, the reproduction of, you know, having black babies, having black children. These are, are very important things because they, these are what carry on, you know, our lineage is what continues on our, gener- our generation. So, you know, no shade to, once again, people who are, you know, in interracial relationships or... Um, you know, even if going into the when you go into the same sex thing, no shade to y'all, but you have to think at the end of the day, what produces black children is a black woman and a black man, and that's what keeps us going forward. So, if you're doing all these things to stop that, then it's kind of like, you know what, guess what? It's almost kind of like, um, we somewhat kind of become extinct in a way, and it's kind of if you really think about it. That's kind of what the plan was from from the beginning. The, the plan from the beginning was not for us to continue to reproduce. We were just, you know, brought over here just to be servants, and that was about it. It wasn't to be of any value to what's currently here. Okay, so when you were saying it, they had me kind of thinking. Even back to, like you said, like, as far as, like, for black men, like, it's a trap. Like, it kind of seems like you damned if you do, damned if you don't, because it's all a trap. Because, like you said, think about it. A black woman that goes out and gets educated, gets a career, gets to this status where she's making a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. So now you basically, just just, just by wanting more for yourself, you in a way have have limited your pool. Yes. So now you start now you start having to look at other races because those are the only those are the only people that are on the same the same trajectory you are at. Right. So now now you look at it like you said like we're supposed to be extinct. We're supposed to be they did everything they could to break the black family. Drugs. Yeah. Tar and feather, all that stuff. You know, when you get into public housing, when you when you get, you know, when you get into the project, when you think about what a project is, a project is exactly what it sounds like. A project was designed for us. We were the we we was the project. We're the project. Mm -hmm. So that's what it was. This was designed to go ahead and to keep the woman separate from the man. So that means that this woman can have, if you go back and you look at a lot of these um, these programs with projects. Um, the woman can do all these things on her own. She can have a project in her name. She can do all this, but she cannot do all that if she's, um, you know, if she's in a relationship with a man. Mm. So that's what ends up happening is, you know, the guy ends up in, in a situation when there is a project, the guy ends up a lot of time staying, you know, staying with the woman. And then, you know, when they do their inspections and they find out, oh, it's the man saying that, oh, you got to go. So... I you know I didn't even think about that aspect when I came up with this topic. So, in a lot of ways, it's like you are forced to make a choice. 
either you're going to choose money or you're going to choose love, which obviously you want to have a healthy balance of both. But the right. way the game is set up is like the left hand shows you all this gold and all these riches and all this, all, all it is. But you can never have what's in the right hand, which is like you said, like the family, like to right. have that union, that love. It's like it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, it's, it's like you. It's like then you have a group of people that I believe that are in the thought like you. Like you yeah. want love, you want those things. Because sometimes I think it's because that's something that we don't know about. Right. Like you know, a lot of us come from single parent households where we never seen a successful relationship outside of watching TV. Right. We we yearn for those things. So that way we fight to have both. Sometimes you get it, or maybe you just get a happy medium and you just like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with this right here. Sometimes people settle. I did not, I did not, I did not anticipate exposing this whole trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you can have the money, but you're gonna but be you wrong. Oh, yeah, you can have either or. And so that's why I think that we kind of have to change the narrative. That's why I think that it's so important for us to tell our own stories. It's so important for us to create, you know, black economy, for us to, um, you know, create our own spaces as to where we can grow and develop as a people. Because in some areas, we haven't grown and we haven't evolved. We're still back at, you know, square one. And so that's why these things are so important is because they allow us to grow and to evolve as a people. I told one of my friends the other day, I said, I felt like desegregation was one of the worst things that happened to black people. Because us being segregated forced us. You had black doctors, you had black bankers, you had. You had no choice. Had whole black towns and cities. It forced that. And I think, and I really hate to put this, because you know, all white people are not racist. I mean, I'm pretty sure they probably got some racist people in their family somewhere. Right. Something wrong. <laughs> but some of them are actually trying. Yes. So I feel like they saw, they, I guess they thought because they kept us separate, oh, we wasn't going to find a way. But I guess they forgot the, like, the basic premise of anything, just like a plant or something. Like they said, like you see a rose that grew out of concrete. Where there's yeah, a we're, will, there's we're a way. Strong people. It's, it's naturally in us. We're strong people. It's naturally. It's and, like, it's yeah. and what history has shown, the more that you suppress, whether it's a person, an animal, anything, yeah, a lot of them will go perish. A lot of them are. But it's going to be always be a handful that's going to that's gonna fight and buck the system that's going to keep it going. Right, right. So I think they kind of, when they saw that, oh, Slavery ended. Oh, they gonna die. They gonna die. They gonna know what to do. Right. And they start seeing these black people start flourishing. These cities start flourishing. I think it literally scared the shit out of them. But see, the problem with that is because they thought that they were kidnapping slaves. They were kidnapping kings and queens, and that's the problem. Uh, you know, they they tried to portray us as being uneducated. Whenever it came to that, you have to think that you were connect, you were kidnapping people from different countries. So although they may not have been able to speak your language, didn't mean that they know I didn't know how to read or write in English. <laughs> they knew so, a language. So those are the things that that people you, you kind of really have to think about. That they try to you know paint us as this, as if we we were uneducated. You know. Um, you know, but but when you go back, you start to look at history. You know, there's many black architects. Mm-hmm. 
but those are the things that that we're not educated on. Those are things that you know we don't speak on. It's it's, it's almost kind of like you know just to kind of keep us ignorant or to keep us kind of um, you know out of the know as far as for how strong and how powerful we were. And so that's why whenever you like once again you hear that statement of no, you didn't kidnap slaves, you kidnapped kings and queens, and that's what they really did. So you kidnap kings and queens and then you you force them into a situation. You think about that even for right now. We all, we know, we speak, but we were born here, we speak English. If you send us over to somewhere else, you send us to, you know, Spain or somewhere like that, we, we're not going to speak that language. Does that mean that we're not educated? No, we just don't speak Spanish. That's what we so, yeah? Right, right. So... Okay. So if they put us in, you know, enslavement over there, then, you know, we would be, you know, kind of how it was back in the day because we don't speak that language. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is true. That is true. Yeah. So. There we go. So what do you think in a relationship, what do you think causes a relationship stalemate? You know, where two people get in like a staring contest where neither one of them basically wants to bow, I hate to use that word, submit, that still, that still doesn't even sound even better. Um, compromise with the other. Once I'm using the word compromise, that sounds a little better. Um, um, what I would say is I could probably use myself as an example for my significant other. Um, I, I was raised by very powerful parents. So I was raised with the dynamic of having a stepfather and my biological father was still in, in the picture. My my actual, my stepfather was white. Um, he actually, he passed away um, a few years ago. But um, my mother also instilled in me to just be very, very strong, to not depend on anyone. So I would say that when it came to kind of being, I guess, like dating girl or, or being in relationships, there are a lot of things that I'm not going to tolerate. So I'm not like your average. I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'd rather, you know, do this by myself. Um, so when it comes to actually being like submissive, you have to really kind of feel like you can trust that person to to lead. Mm. And, and if you start looking at when it starts going to, if you want to, if we want to take it back to even going to from from a biblical perspective the man is supposed to be the person that is supposed to lead or to you know to create order so I think that um I think when you're in a powerful situation as a woman to where you are always being the one that's making decisions you have to kind of sit back in the back seat and let somebody else drive I feel like that part can be kind of hard Okay. I could agree with that because... I think that once you... I feel like... I'll, I'll say this. I feel like once you actually learn um, an actual person and and you and you you built that rapport to where you feel like they can't, you can trust them enough to lead, I feel like, yes, at that point, you should let that person totally drive at that point. Like, I would... Because that's another thing that I would say that us for, for a lot of times, I can say for us as black women, a lot of us don't want to submit... A lot of us, once again, when you go back to, we're so educated, we're so this, we're so that, we want to drive the car too. You can't drive the car, sometimes you got to sit in the back seat, <laughs> or the passenger seat at least. That's true. Like, yeah. I look at it, I don't know if it's because I, you know, I play sports most of my life, 
So I look at things as, you know, a partnership or it's like, you know, a team. Like, you know, so like me, you know, a lot of people, they always want to try to compare things and use analogy like lions and stuff like that. But I'm like, if you really look at the lion, lions, the male lion does hardly anything. Right. It's always the lion that's sick. True. Yeah, like she, she has a kid. She, I mean, the lion, he made babysit. But she has to go get, you no know, kill the food so everybody can eat. But he just yeah. lays around. And yeah. for me, I look at relationships like a wolf pack where, yeah, you do have an alpha. And, but the alpha understands that no one wolf is greater than the pack and the pack is not greater than the wolf. Everybody has to, we have to raise the cubs together. We have to go out and hunt together so we eat. I have to protect, watch your back, you watch, and you watch my back. So I look at it like that. Even monkeys, monkeys have that same dynamic. Yeah. When a the, when the, when the female monkey go do her thing, you, you see you see the daddy monkey, he probably ain't enjoying it, but he's sitting there with this little crazy little monkey baby. But I think that that's how I look at it. That's how I try to approach every relationship I have. A lot of times it don't work because then you start looking at a person, start looking at you, you're supposed to leave. But I'm like, okay, say, if I'm dating a woman that's a finance and accounting major, and that's what she got her degree in. She got a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate. I would think if we talking about finance, that should be in your wheelhouse. What the hell? Am, what the hell am I? What the hell am I doing? Trying to balance a checkbook when this is what you're supposed to do. I mean, you can let yeah. me do it. Yeah, it's a benefit. I'm it's like, a benefit. You, it's a plus. you can do this in your sleep. I'm gonna sit here. And <laughs> it's a plus. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? But I think some people they look they look at that so much like the man is supposed to lead. He's supposed to be the head. I'll be like, but what is the head without? But you can be 50 50, you can help out. You can it can be a partnership. I'm like, what what yeah. is the head without the spine? Without without the back? What holds it up? I mean, like, what is a spine without the head? You just just a spine, you just you just chilling. You just you ain't going nowhere. You need both pieces in order to do anything. It's like, oh, I'm gonna build something, but oh, I forgot I don't have no hands. All right, so I think for me, what causes relationship stalemates? It's just... <laughs> relationship stalemate. Yeah, it's like, you just... Yeah, I mean, if there's no benefit, I mean, I mean, um, you know, I started, I started looking into, just kind of research, just kind of educate myself. I never try to judge anybody, but even from a polygamy standpoint, there, if you listen, if you talk to a lot of them, the sole purpose of why they remain in um, these types of relationships is because of the business aspect. Because you have three incomes, mm -hmm. and then you're, you know, you're raising kind of like a tribe. So I was kind of like, I mean, when you listen to a lot of them, that's what their sole purpose is. You know, it, it's it's the business aspect of it. People are like, oh my gosh, it's something sexual, which I'm sure that's that that's a small part of it. But a lot yeah. of you listen to them, it's it's the business part of it. I mean, but even with that, you got to think about it. Like in the last probably, I'll say a hundred years, is where people started getting married for love. Or you know, marriage was basically created as an incorporation. Whether it yeah. was for farmers or kings or 
you know, or whatever. It was used as a business tool to take what you had to join forces and to make what you guys had even stronger. I think mm-hmm. people nowadays started putting too much onus on the love aspect and they forgot about that other piece. Like they forgot about the pieces, the piece that why most marriages fail. It's not yeah. because, oh, he out here loving too many women or she out here loving, giving her love to too many men. It's because somebody in here fucking up the church's money. Because y'all too busy, <laughs> y'all too busy loving each other and trying to pay your bills with love. And yeah. the electric company was like, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't <laughs> like ma'am, I, I can't accept I, okay, I love you too, sister, but I can't accept it. I need I need I need actual money to, to keep right. your lights on. Right. But I also think a lot of it's cause going into the next set of questions, like for women, do you like as women, let's say black women, we gonna we gonna keep this to what we know. <laughs> like like I speak on nobody else's experience. <laughs> For black women, do you think there is a, a very real fear of getting played emotionally or having someone play with your emotions? Is probably, do you think that is a real fear? Is that what? Yeah, keeps- I mean, I'm pretty sure because it's like that's another thing too. When you go into the element of the black woman, we're, we're conditioned to be strong, we're conditioned to be nurturing. You know, a lot of times in certain situations, um, you know, we're not cons- we're not considered human. I do believe that the most disrespected person in the world is the black woman. The most undervalued person in the world is the black woman. So when you have those elements, we're so strong, we're so this, there's, uh, it, it, you know, there's not any presentation of vulnerability. You know, so December month, because there's no presentation of vulnerability, person, then there's this person um, wants to hear you stigma say that yeah, we we're not vulnerable, that we don't have that we don't have because there's so much you know, like that. That's what it, <laughs> that's behind that. And why do you, so, you think that it could be something that's like really, really innocent, or it could be like, well, what you trying to say? Like there's so much that could be into it to the point to where I'm just like, how about we just not say it at all? Because sometimes you have to read the room and know certain things. You just, you like, what just you, what you say, mean? Especially, <laughs> especially if it's a group of black people. Maybe if it's one, mm-hmm. it might, uh, whatever. But if it's a group, nothing, nothing, you can't let nothing slide. Because if you let this person, if you let this white person slide, now you're going to get judged by the rest of your tribe. Exactly. I mean, because I've had it happen um, numerous of times is, you know, you know how you'll be sitting there and you'll be, you know, with your white counterparts. And, you know, for me, I, I work in an environment to where I have to kind of remain professional. So <laughs> me being professional versus me, yeah, how I'm actually, when I'm hanging with my friends or I'm at the cookout or whatever, it's a completely different person. And I think that's for all black people, really, like if you work in a professional environment, I feel like we've all pretty much been kind of, you know, trained to know when to turn it on and turn it off. And I remember one time, I'm trying to think we were somewhere, and I had one of my friends when I was kind of hanging out in this, um, you know, a, a more relaxed environment. And she was like, why you, she's like, Tisha, why are you talking like that? And I'm like, well, did it really switch? And I don't know, I really didn't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I should be offended. I don't know if I should change the way I talk. I don't know if I should really think about it. But it really did kind of like, it made me think about it. I was like, what do you mean? Why, why are you talking like that? Like, I mean, you, you, you talk like this while you at work? You, I mean, a lot of times you do, you are in a position where you have to code switch. Like, yeah. I used to do that, but 
it would, I mean, even when it's on the phone, they can tell I'm black. They don't know how, they don't know what hue of black I am. <laughs> <laughs> they might think I'm the blackest one, but I, they know. Yeah, he ain't, but so I don't, I don't, even, I don't even do it no more. I'm like, this is what you finna get. I'm not. I'm, you un- unapologetically black. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, so dog, you can, can I say the N word? I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I may not be the one that knock you out, but I'm pretty sure somebody else will. <laughs> I do think, and this is crazy how like women, especially black women, it's like y'all are conditioned. I don't care if it's on TV, books, whatever, that y'all are supposed to take so much. The guys, you're not supposed to be able to, if a guy does something you don't like, just dismiss his ass. Yeah. And I think somewhat to a point, I mean, to a point, like, is he normally a good guy? Like, yeah, probably, but he has his one fatal flaw. Right. That's a fatal flaw. But it's like, well, you're not gonna find it ain't that many good ones out there. Like there's a lot of them out there. You just may not be what you looking at and where you attracting. But I do think women get that in their head that they always feel like they're gonna be played. So, oh, we gotta wait 90 days before we enter it. Oh, I'm not paying for a date until it's date number like after we don't have four dates. I was like, why do, like, why does it have to be that? Like, just do it when you feel like doing it. Yeah. Like you coming and saying this with all these preconceived notions, so you you so scared of getting played that you actually playing yourself. Because at some point, a guy gonna get tired of trying to show you who he is and be like, all right, so this what you think I'm this way. So I might as well, I might as well just do that. I might as well do it because me being myself is not getting me nowhere. Yeah. And I think like for men, the financial aspect is very real because you see it everywhere. You, you see it so much, you can't say, ah, that's not true. It's not. Yeah. It's not true. It's not true. I think it's got to the point where dudes be like tricking it. Uh, it ain't tricking if you got it. Like you just lie to yourself. I ain't yeah. tricking because I got more money. I, that's, I, think, I think that kind of stems more so from, um, more so from society. So. That's like I said, that's with this, I mean, this current generation, I mean, that that's that's what, what, what we're promoting. So if that's something that we're promoting, then I feel like, I mean, it's to be expected. Yeah, it's like, especially with the hookup culture, it's like everybody's against each other. It's like, everybody's, a, everybody's an opponent. Yes. It was like, <laughs> it's like we in here, like everybody, everybody's your opponent. Like, no, I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm trying to get to know you and I want to build this life with you, but at the same time, don't you ever think, that I don't have my, I don't, I fully trust you. And I'm like, yeah. that's, a, and that's a miserable existence to be in. It is, because you're always looking over your shoulder. Yeah, you're always looking over your shoulder. And like, for me, I don't have no time for that. I'm like, if I care about you, if I, if I fuck with you, I fuck with you. Yeah. I'm like, what, what you do with that information, what you do with that information, but you really ought to get the one. Like, like old great George W. said, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, <laughs> you know, you just, <laughs> Can't fool me a second time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. That dude was an idiot. <laughs> but no, it's like, like me, like me and my significant other, we sit here and see these people that want to be in relationships, but can't yeah. find them. And they be like, oh, it ain't no good men. Because one, you don't know what shit, you don't, you don't know the difference between shivery and courting. So you already, you already messed up. And I, I'm a firm believer. I don't think black people know how to date. I do not think they know how to date because you go out, you like even say you go on a date nap, right? You talking to three different guys. You only really want one. 
And it's probably that first one, but you got to do your due diligence. You can't look too thirsty. You can't do this. So now you got so to try to date all these three different people. And you really only want, you only really want Roger, but you got to date Jermaine, and then you got to <laughs> keep Jacob, Chris. You know, you got to keep all these people around because for what reason? No reason at all. It's like I told my 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 like my partner when we first like we went on we went on two dates. It was only supposed to be one. We were supposed to go to brunch. And I was like I was like on a Saturday. And you doing something today? She was like, No, nah, you want to go here? She was like, Yeah. Went on that date. Had another date the very next day. I told her after the first date, I was like, Hey, you do what you want to do with this information. <laughs> I was like, But I like you, and I'm interested in seeing what this can go like as far as relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I was like, you ain't got an answer now. I said, just know. <laughs> I said, that's not yeah, going nowhere. Okay. Yeah. So we on this, we on the second, we on the second date, and she was like, you know, okay, I feel the same way. So it was like, how many people you got to, like, how many people you got to cut loose? I was like, none. I said, I ain't got no team. I said, hell, I could barely pay attention to one. <laughs> I tried that whole date, multiple women dating every day. I was like, it was, it was, it was, it was almost fun. I mean, it ain't fun financially. It's for, for a second, but then it's like, ah, uh, it kind of gets old. It's fun when you think about it. Like, oh, I'm going to go out. Then do you really think about it for real? This ain't fun. Yeah. You start spending all this money, what you getting in return? Maybe some sex? It's just like, yeah. It. But anyway, so we're going to wind this down. Um, what? It's some advice that you would give to all these uh, controversial black women and girls out here, or even men. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have anything that I don't think for posting episodes. I post on my Instagram page, remember that's with all the actual underscores. So it's the underscore controversial underscore black underscore girl underscore. And then there is um, my the Facebook page that's just the controversial black girl podcast. I always post on that. You can also you can follow on um, there's Apple Music, there's Spotify, um, there's Anchor. And it'll send you a notification once um, a new episode is uploaded. Um, also, if anyone is ever interested in being a part of one of the episodes, then you can email me. Um, I'll, it's at n a t e s h a j a c k s o n one nine eight six at icloud.com. So just go ahead and shoot me an email, and then we can go ahead and try to um, coordinate a time as to when um, you can go ahead and and, we, and you can guys can record with me. So. So y'all, y'all, so that's, y'all that's know, my last little shameless plug. So all y'all know, y'all gonna have to wait in um, uh, line behind me because I'm always, I'm, I'm always. <laughs> I know there's just so many different things. There's so many. I do. I have all these different time, like these different um, um episodes that I have lined up. So that's a good thing. I got, I got a lot of good things um lined up. Um, I also once you follow on on the Instagram page, you'll be able to see that we have we got we got a little bit of controversial black girl merch. So we have the t-shirts, we have the masks, uh, we have sweatshirts. We know you don't need them right now because it's hot as hell right now. But we got we got baseball caps coming soon. So y'all got um, hoodies? Y'all, huh? Y'all got hoodies? 
I do have hoodies. I have hoodies. I wonder how to do against my. You know what? I don't. I don't even give a damn. I'm a, <laughs> I have I'm a, a, so the, the hoodies. They're just like black hoodies. They just kind of have a logo. I'm um, a girl dad anyway. So Tumblr. Yeah, we got some. Oh yes, you gotta get your get your girls some t-shirts. My daughter has one. Get your get your girls some controversial black girl t-shirts, so they can go to school and be controversial. Yeah, and my ten year old. She sure is controversial. Yeah, so make sure you go ahead and, and get those. Um, definitely, um, just really trying to empower the um, next generation of young black women to, you know, once again be controversial and be unapologetic, being able to feel comfortable being themselves, um, and and promoting and showing them that these spaces that we're in, we deserve to be in these spaces. You know, a lot of times when we are in certain spaces, people feel make us feel like that we don't deserve to be here. And we do deserve to be in these spaces. Absolutely. And you guys already know, uh, you can find So Unapologetic on Instagram under So Unapologetic Podcast, no underscores. (laughs) And same as far as on Facebook. Um, But all right, family, you know, that's going to do it for today's show. Definitely want to thank. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This ain't gonna be the last time. I mean, you can hear some putting out episodes and you gonna low key be a, 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 a unofficial co host. Right, right. But um, always remember to protect your magic, cultivate your vibe, and always, I mean, always be so unapologetic. And don't be afraid to be a little controversial or a lot controversial. Um, about your about your peace and with that we out and when I wake up I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut